That was good, wasn't it? Man, I'm losing my papers here. That song can't get you excited. Nothing can. Amen. You glad for the blood of Jesus? Amen. Praise the Lord. It's what brought us victory. Amen. Praise the Lord. God is good. God's good. Great song. I love the old songs that have meaning, you know? Those songs that really have some power in them. Those old powerful songs, boy, I don't get tired of the old rugged cross. Amen? There's power in that song right there. Amen? Bring it on. Bring it on. Yes, sir. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. I hope you say amen a little bit more tonight than you did this morning. Amen? Genesis chapter 3 in your Bibles tonight. The book of Genesis chapter 3. I'm preaching this tonight on a subject of marriage tonight. The subject of marriage. And um, I want to preach on this thought tonight. Is your marriage a duel or a duet? Amen? Is your marriage a duel or duet? I hope it's a duet. Amen? And that's what God intended. We're going to look at Genesis chapter 3. We're going to see God's duet that God put together in the Garden of Eden. Genesis chapter 3. Let's begin here with verse number 21 of this passage of Scripture. Notice it says here, And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam. And he slept and took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh thereof. And the rib which the Lord had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. Now, here's the duet. Look at verse 23. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife and they shall be one flesh. Now, can't you see that as a duet? That's a duet right there. Now, chapter 4 is a duel. Chapter 4 is a duel. I'm sorry. I'm in chapter 2. Now we're going to chapter 3. Are you still with me? Do we need to go back over chapter 2? All right. Let's go back over chapter 2. Look at verse 21. Did you find it now? Everybody's whispering to their wife, where is he at? What's he doing? He's lost his mind up there. Amen. Amen. I'm not Joe Biden yet, so just hold on. Amen. All right. (laughs) Chapter 2. Amen. Chapter 2. Here we go. Verse 21. Uh, By the way, it can't hurt us to read the Bible twice, can it? Amen. Can't hurt it. Look at verse 21. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he a woman and brought her unto the man. 
And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Now there's a duet. Amen? God took a rib out of Adam. He made a woman and brought him to, or brought her to him, and the two became one flesh. That's a duet. Now we're going to look at chapter 3, okay? Chapter 3, and we're going to see how tri Satan tried to make it a duel. Look at chapter 3. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, You shall not eat of the tree of the garden. Now I want you to notice something. First of all, Satan divided the two. He got Eve separate from Adam. See that? He divided the two. He kind of broke up the duet that God had made. Okay? Verse 2. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the garden, of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die, for God doth know that in that the day that ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now Satan's always been a liar. Satan's always been a liar. But his lying goes another step to the point to where he doesn't outright lie. He tries to deceive first. He tries to deceive. If he can deceive into making you think that wrong is right, that's where he wants you to be. Deception. Now look at the rest of the verse here. Uh, verse 6. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise. Oh, yeah, you'll be wise if you eat of that fruit. She took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave it also unto her husband with her. And he did eat and the eyes of them both were opened. And they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together and made them aprons. Now, by the way, this is an interesting verse because they tried to cover themselves with man's righteousness, the fig leaves. But later on, God took animal skins and covered them. And, and that's that song that we're singing tonight, the blood of Jesus, the blood of, it's the blood of Jesus that cleanses us from all sin. Amen? That's, that's God's true covering. Now, go down, if you would, verse 11. And God, now God comes to Adam and Eve. He's talking to Adam and Eve here. And he says, verse 11, he said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? Hast thou eaten of the tree whereof I commanded thee that thou shouldst not eat? Uh-oh, someone's in trouble. Verse 12, And the man said, The woman whom thou gavest to be with me, she gave me the tree and I did eat. Now, you see, how Satan's trying to make a duel out of a duet? You see how what God put together 
Satan was trying to put asunder. See that? That's always Satan's desire. That's always Satan's plan. He wanted Eve, he wanted Adam to shoot at Eve. Adam, it's the woman. By the way, every man knows it's always the woman's fault. Right? Come on now, don't be quiet on me. Every man knows that. Right? But every woman knows it's the other way around. Right? Don't miss your chance to say amen, ladies. Right? Don't miss your chance. So, he created, he took a duet and made a duel out of it. Now, there's an interesting duel in history. July 11, 1804, in New Jersey, there were two men, the vice president of the United States, Aaron Burr, and the former first secretary of the Treasury, Alexander Hamilton. The two men were long political rivals, and the immediate cause of the duel was disparaging remarks that Hamilton had allegedly made about Burr at a dinner. Hamilton and Burr had a bad relationship that dated to 1791 when Burr defeated Hamilton's father-in-law for a seat in the U.S. Senate. Burr incurred the enmity of Hamilton, who subsequently tried to thwart his political aspirations on numerous occasions. A notable example occurred in 18, the 1800 presidential election in which Burr became Thomas Jefferson's vice presidential running mate on the ticket. And due to quirks in the election process, Burr tied with Jefferson in the Electoral College. Now, just to let you know, voting, cheating on voting is not new. Amen? Cheating on voting is not new. It will probably happen again. So just, just want to let you know. All right? As a result of Hamilton's influence on his fellow Federalists, however, Burr lost. He became vice president but was marginalized by Jefferson. In an attempt to revitalize his political career, it had become clear that he would not be renominated for vice president. So Burr switched parties and sought the nomination as the Federalist candidate for the governor of New York. Again, Hamilton used his influence to block the ambitions of Burr, who subsequently ran as an independent and lost badly in 1804. And that month, a newspaper published a letter which a man named Charles D. Cooper claimed that at a dinner party, Hamilton had called Burr a dangerous man. In Cooper's words, Hamilton also expressed a more despicable opinion of Burr, whatever that means. In June, the aggrieved Burr wrote a letter to Hamilton calling for an explanation. The two men engaged in a correspondence that ultimately resulted in Burr demanding that Hamilton deny that he'd ever spoken ill of him. Hamilton felt that he could not comply without sacrificing his own political career 
and thought, and although he opposed the practice of dueling, his eldest son Philip had died in a duel three years earlier. But he accepted Burr's challenge. Duels were illegal in both New York and New Jersey, but were dealt with less harsh dealt with less harshly in New Jersey. So Burr and Hamilton agreed to meet at Wee Weehawken on the secluded edge of the Hudson River, a spot that had become popular, a popular doing, dueling ground, and it was the place where Alexander Hamilton was killed, shot, and ultimately died the following day. That is what a duel is. But I also want to give you tonight what a duet is. A duet is. And I've got some things that you might want to write down and keep in your mind. A duet is a musical composition for two performers in which they equally have, in which they have equal yet different importance to the piece. It's not a piece about one. It's a piece about the harmony of the two together. It's not a composition in which one is seen. It's a composition in which if both focus on their individual aspect, then the duet is considered a success. And can I tell you tonight, that's exactly what God did in the Garden of Eden. In the Bible here, he took a bone or a rib bone out of Adam and out of that, the Bible says, he made a woman, and he brought her unto the man. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman, because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Now, that's a, du that's a duet. Amen. Now, here's a few things about a duet. Number one, a duet has harmony. A duet has harmony. You know, I believe every home ought to strive to be harmonious. Amen? I believe every home ought to have harmony. Um, you know, God, it's interesting the way God made men and women. God made men and women to complement each other. But the truth is, is that man is so much less without the woman. And the woman's fulfillment in life is to the man that God has given her. And when the two work together in that, and when they both have a harmonious uh, walk with each other, can I tell you what? It's a beautiful duet. Where did Brett and Jordan get up here tonight? Sing a beautiful duet, still the blood. What a blessing. It is still the blood. And can I tell you, every duet has to have harmony. Every duet has to have harmony. So I'm going to ask my wife to come on up to the pulpit. We're going to sing a song together. Come on, honey. You don't need the piano. Do you have a favorite you want to sing? Okay, then I will pick a song. Amen? Ave Maria. No, 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 that's not. Okay, let's sing. Um, 
I just want to thank you, Lord, for making the sun too shine. Yeah. There's no words. Do you know the words? Yes. It's in here. Is it? Where is it? I'm used to singing this with the kids. She said she's used to singing this with the kids. She didn't know she'd be part of my sermon tonight. But we're going to sing a song. Just want to thank you, Lord. We're going to find the song. And we're going to sing the song. Time, time out. I did this on purpose. You're going to do the melody? I'll do the melody, okay? You ready? For making the sun to shine, putting the stars in the sky, for the flowers that bloom, the ocean so blue. Thank you, Lord. For the sparrow that sings, and it makes sweet melody. For the rivers that flow, the rain and the snow, thank you, Lord. Okay, now that was a duet. Now we're going to sing a duel. Are you ready? I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Are you ready? Here we go. For making the sun to shine, putting the stars in. Come on, sing with me. <laughs> she is not being cooperative, folks. Here we go. For making the sun to shine, putting the stars in the sky, flowers that bloom. Ocean so blue, thank you, Lord, for the sparrow that sings and makes sweet melody, and the rivers that blow, rain and the snow, thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Now, the first one. The first one was harmonious, right? And you know, that's what a marriage ought to be. I'll be, be two people trying to be harmonious. I, I've noticed this in a marriage, though. You know what will ruin harmony is when one in a marriage gets their mindset to do something or be something, and they don't want to work together with the other one. Can I tell you what God made? God made two, and he brought them together for harmony. Amen. Amen. And a home ought to be harmonious. And you have to always work at harmony in the home. But when you do, doesn't it sound good? Would you like the second verse to fit your marriage, or would you like the first verse to fit your marriage? Right? You want the first verse. Amen? And, and listen, two have to strive to be harmonious. Amen? Two have to strive. I have to stay on my note, and she had to stay on her note in order for harmony to be achieved. Hey, men, can I give you some good advice? Love your wife. Treat her good. 
Treat her like a queen. I was proud of my grandson this week. In Africa, Lindsay's flying home for Lauren's wedding. And um, Benjamin said, Benjamin said, Mom, I want to go with you and protect you. He's eight years old. Eight, right? Seven. Seven years old. Hey, I like that. Have harmony. Men, if you don't have the money, don't just spend it on you. Amen? And by the way, fellas, don't buy your wife a shotgun for her birthday. Amen? Live in harmony. Now, if you're going to be in harmony, you got to get to know each other, don't you? How many of you have a, a button that your mate can push? And if you push that button, look out. I got news for you. Every one of us has that button, right? Can I give you some advice? Don't push it. Don't push that button. Try to be harmonious. Listen, try to be congenial in your marriage. Try to work together. You know, it's amazing when two are together. The Bible even says two are better than one. And when two are working together and you're living in harmony, it means sometimes that one sings one, that one is, is doing one thing and the other kind of takes up the slack and it changes vice versa other times. But you know what? We should accept that role and work in harmony. Amen? And where a marriage loses its harmony is when the one wants to just do their thing and not try to be harmonious. Marriage can be heaven on earth, but only if there's harmony in it. Amen? So I say together, work together in your home, in your marriage. Don't just work individually. God put two of you together for a goal, for a purpose. That is to please God, raise those young ones, to love the Lord, and to, to please the Lord. God gave you that harmony to accomplish such a great purpose. So I say to you today, a duet has harmony. Secondly, a duet listens when it gets off key. A duet listens when it gets off key. Now, sometimes you have to tune your ear in to make sure you're still on the right key, right? You know what that means? That means listening. Listening to the other mate. You know, sometimes my mate will tell me things that she wants me to catch, <laughs> right? She don't want to come right out, but she wants me to catch it, right? Hey, you know what that is? That's a harmonious ear. That's an ear that tries to hear for the purpose of being harmonious in the marriage. And may I tell you what? It means sometimes we have to give of ourselves. It means sacrifice sometimes. And and, and don't always be the one that is the sacrificer and don't always be the one that's the receiver. It should be harmonious back and forth. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you. Amen. I need all the amens I can get right there. Amen. Number three, 
A duet works simultaneously. A duet works simultaneously. I can't sing one verse, and then when I'm done, she sing another verse. She sings the melody on the first verse. When she's done, I'll sing the harmony on the second verse. That's not a duet. It's together, isn't it? You know, happy homes are homes that do things together. I think it's good to eat dinner together. Amen? Get off the phone and eat together and sit together and talk. Amen? Talk. Do that in your home. Do that in your family. A duet works simultaneous. Number four, a duet requires each to focus on their designated part. Can I tell you what? A home has roles. God, God has roles that he has for men. God has roles for women. You know, the Bible says that the husband is the head of the home. And you know what that means? Husbands, we should be spiritual leaders in our home. Amen? That responsibility falls on us men. We're the head of that home. And you know what that means? That responsibility for that home and the direction of the home lies on us men. That's what it means. And we cannot obfuscate that responsibility. We have to take that responsibility and do our part. Ladies, you have a part in your home and your marriage too. And you have a part to play in that marriage, in that home. And God, listen, when it's all done well, it all works together simultaneously. Simultaneously. Don't sing your part and then the other one sing their part. Sing both of your parts together because God made two to be one. Number five, a duet is not about an individual voice, but about the beauty of the blending of the two. A duet is about the beauty of blending two voices together. When you take two voices and you blend them together, that is where the beauty of a duet comes out. You know, when I see a couple that just love each other, get along, and by the way, you're not going to agree on everything. Amen? I thought I'd get at least an amen or two right there. You're not going to agree on everything. Amen? You want to you wanna buy a Hoover vacuum and she wants to buy the Dyson vacuum. Amen? Yeah? You want a Ford and she wants a Chevy. Right? You want a Gremlin and she wants the Cadillac. Amen? Hey, it's kind of like that sometimes. We don't always agree in the same. But I'll tell you what, there should be room for individual differences in a marriage. Don't criticize your mate just because they like something that you don't like. Amen? If it's not wrong or sinful, so what? Keep harmony together. That's what matters. Amen? Is when that home and family, when the two work as one, it's a beautiful sound. It's the blending of the two is what makes that marriage beautiful and blessed. When the two are blending, that's the way a duet 
Sounds beautiful. Number six, the more practice you have, the more you will be able to hear each other's part. The more practice you have, the more you'll be able to hear each other's part. You know, it is true. Practice makes perfect. A home and a marriage needs lots of good practice. Hey, do things together. That's how you get to know each other better. It's practice. Practice makes perfect. Practice two is one. That's how God made it. Keep on doing things together. Keep on being together. Stay together. And listen to me. As time passes by, children get older, they leave the house. There's always a temptation to kind of draw a little bit apart. Let me tell you something. Make sure you do things to keep that thing together. Amen? Take your wife on a motorcycle ride. Amen? Yeah. Buy her a pink helmet. She'll love it. Amen? She'll love it. You say, what are you trying to say? I'm just trying to say a home. God made it to be harmonious. That's the intent of God. And you know what? Oftentimes we see that many marriages are not harmonious. And you know what? A lot of times we make big deals out of little things that don't matter. You know? Um, preferences. You know, if, if one likes one color and one likes another, it really doesn't matter, does it? Amen? I, I just don't prefer for her to buy me pink pajamas. Amen? No pink pajamas for me. But she can have them. Amen? You can wear them. I shouldn't be painting mental pictures in your mind. Amen? I shouldn't be doing that. that that's not good. But anyhow, we all have preferences. Amen? We all have the thing we like. And you know what? In a marriage, there should be room to allow that one to have the things they enjoy and the things that they like. It's harmony. It's harmony. Equally, when times get tough, both pitch in and both work together to solve the problem. Can I tell you what? Problems always arise in homes and marriages. It's natural. We're human. We're living life. Life is not about ease and pleasure. Heaven is about ease and pleasure. Amen? But until then, we deal with life. And it's pretty practical. But here's the problem is many times one has a solution, the other has another solution, and the two are not harmonious. Can I encourage you to do this? Always sit down in your problems, talk to them together, come to an agreement of how you will handle a problem together, and stick to it. And stick to it. Because it's problems that come up that creates stress and difference of opinion on how to solve the problem. And by the way, always consult the Bible when you're trying to solve a problem. Amen. Always look at God's Word because He's the one that put the duet together, isn't He? And if God is consulted and His Word is honored, 
in how you and I solve our problems and our difficulties, then I want to tell you something. There is a harmoniousness that can come. And a lot of homes split up and break up. And, and listen, God is not for divorce. God is not a God of divorce. What God hath put together, let not man put asunder. Keep it together. Keep it together. If it means that you have to eat something that you don't want to eat, praise God anyhow. Amen? It means if she burns the roast on Sunday morning. By the way, our roast got burnt this morning, but it was my fault. Amen. It was my fault. And uh, roast got burnt. We had to clean a house. We had to come back. By the time we got back, it got overcooked. So we had a sac burnt sacrifice for lunch this afternoon. <laughs> but guess what? I'm still alive. Amen. I made it through. Amen. And hey, ladies, let me give you a little advice. You ready? If your husband says he likes this or he likes that, you might just be a blessing to him. Amen? Amen. After all, he's the one that finances everything. Right? Yeah. That's, that's called wisdom right there. Amen? So the more practice you have, the more you will get well. Last point I want to give you tonight. Don't sing together for a, a performance. But sing together because you love being together. Don't sing together for a performance. Marriage isn't about a performance. Marriage is about loving each other, working together, being harmonious. You know, the Bible tells us and reminds us in Ephesians chapter 5 that we are sub to submit ourselves one to another in the fear of God. Now, there is a submission that God has for the woman to the man. There is. Husband, husbands love your wives. Wives submit to your husbands. Why is that? Because, ladies, God made him the head of the home. He's to be the spiritual leader. And by the way, if you're not a spiritual leader, it's going to be hard for your wife to want to follow you. Amen. But be that spiritual leader because that spiritual leader will help your wife submit to you. And if you love her, the two together can work in harmony. Amen. And men, we don't just love our wives by telling her once at the marriage altar. Like the fellow said, honey, I love you, and if I ever change my mind, I'll let you know. Well, that doesn't work very good. It certainly doesn't bring harmony. So don't sing together for performance. Sing together because you love to be together, and you love to sing together. The more practice you get, the more you're going to get together, the more it's going to be good and the bless, more blessed time that you will have. Is your marriage a duet or is it a duel? Can I encourage every marriage, every husband, every wife, strive 
to make it a harmonious duet in your life. Don't do it just because God says, although that's good enough. But do it because you have a love and desire to connect with each other. And whatever you do, don't drift from each other. Always keep things close and together. Can I tell you something funny? Can I tell you a little window into me? I'm a loner by nature. I could be alone all the time and be perfectly happy. I don't know why God called a loner to be a pastor. You know, I'm the kind of guy I could be alone and perfectly happy all my life. I'm serious. I could go out in the woods, set up a tent, and just be happy as a clam. Amen? But I got news for you. After about two days, I start getting kind of lonely. Let's pack up the tent and go home. Amen? Let's go home. I, I want to tell you something. And that always reminds me of this. God made us to be together. God made us to be together. We raised seven children. And I want to tell you something. It was crazy for a long time in our life. I'm telling you crazy. It was crazy busy, but it was a good crazy. And do you know what? The nest is empty now. They're all gone. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. I love them, but I'm glad they're gone. Amen. I love them. Now, my wife doesn't think that, but anyhow, it's good for me, amen? But I want to tell you something. Kids are gone. We're still together. She's still mine, and I'm still hers. And we're going to try to sing the first verse of our life rather than the second verse. And I hope you will, too. Let's bow our heads tonight. Let's close our eyes.